Appamada's programmes and facilities are supported through your generosity. Your support really does make a huge difference. You'll find a link for contributions on the website at appamada.org forward slash contribute. Thank you so much. Good evening, everyone. I'm so glad you all are here, all of you online. Yeah. You guys here in the Zendo with me. It's great, great to see you all. Um, I'd like to, to start out with um, intensive guidelines. These are the standard guidelines for our intensives. <clears throat> and so, here goes. Practice intensives are a gift. They're, they create for ourselves and each other. It's a gift of space, silence, respect for each person's containment and an expression of mutual care through our work and practice together. Please take advantage of this rare opportunity by bringing yourself wholeheartedly to your practice in every moment. Silence is our most important container. Make every effort to mindfully maintain silence, except during practice discussion, uh, question and answer following talks and discussion. Um, during work periods, and we'll only have a work period on Saturday, so during the Saturday work practice, uh, also keep silence except for the briefest possible questions or discussions necessary to the work. Do not make eye contact or signal each other, protect, uh, protecting each other's practice. Now this is going to be kind of difficult because <laughs> I would, so um, yeah, I, I think that's more like when we're together, crossing each other in the paths and so forth. So. Um, when you need to have eye contact here, obviously you do because you're watching it on TV and you guys are watching that and watching me. But other than that, um, and at home too, to avoid um, using computers or cell phones and that kind of thing. So this is diff difficult to uh, not signal or not communicate with each other. And, um, but it's part of our taking the backward step as Dogen puts it, and turning our light inward to rest in mindful awareness. We provide for each other the protection and support for this shift. Notice the natural tendency to scatter your energies when in a transition from zazen to standing, from meditation periods to work periods or practice discussion or breaks. Be alert curious about whatever is rising without any attempt at, attempt at manipulation whatsoever. Please follow the schedule completely. Schedules are posted, not yet, but they will be this, in this evening. 
are posted in various locations. So be on time for Zazen, for meals, for work practice and talks. In the Zen tradition on time means five minutes before the start of an activity. There will be a set of clackers 10 minutes before a sitting period that follows a break. So please come at once to the Zendo. That's for you guys. Well, you guys too. Um, take good care of your space, keeping it neat and orderly. It's your practice home for the intensive. Before you leave the Zendo, make sure your cushions are straight and aligned and that any personal belongings are neatly arranged. You may change to a chair or a bench or get an additional cushion or support during any break, including walk-in meditation. There are empty cushions and empty chairs in case you need to change from a cushion to a chair or a chair to a cushion. If more chairs are needed, uh, you may bring one from the side room or put a few in there. You may also use the restroom during walk-in meditation. Please wait for the second clapper that starts the walking meditation before leaving the zendo. Intensives work by containing the energy we normally dissipate in our distractions and busyness. Allow yourself to be immersed in the silence and stillness here as much as possible. This is extremely important in support of each other's practice. When you go back to your room at night or your home, please maintain silence even with your roommates. Please avoid the computers, cell phones, televisions, or other devices. During the time of um, the intensive, except for emergencies, and this also excludes the time during the day when you go to work or whatever you do during the day. But during this, during the one, one day on Saturday, that's the day you want to that kind of stuff, or at night when you leave here. Um, but this is the best way to, uh, uh, this is, we can take a break like this, we can notice our automatic and sometimes frantic clinging and habits of distractions. But this is the best way to fully experience this gift of time and space. Please remember that our Zen practice is to leave no trace. Be attentive and keep the space well. Be mindful. Well, you don't have to worry about this. The, the tea area we're going to have here, and that'll be on Saturday, to help keep it neat and clean. And clean up after yourself. And place a label on your cup with your name so you can use it during the day. And then wash your own cup as needed. We all support each other. Please be mindful of the roles and jobs you were assigned and be sure to show up on time for these responsibilities. If you have particular needs in the Zendo, please ask one of the monitors, and the monitors are Kim and John Miller. If you have any other questions, if you feel ill or distressed, please let one of the monitors know or, or me. Okay, so that's it for the guidelines. Are there any questions about Anything I mentioned? Okay. Um, so let's begin. So uh, the name, the, the, the title of this intensive is Embodying the Inconceivable. 
I first um, heard this term from a couple of talks that Flint had not too long ago during inquiry. And um, I talked to him about it and asked him if I could borrow it because <laughs> I liked it so much. And being the generous man that he is, he said, sure, no problem. And he said he got it from uh, Ehe Dogen, which Ehe Dogen is one of our ancestors who was responsible for having founded Sancho Zen, the Southern Zen lineage. Um, <clears throat> so what do we mean by embodying the inconceivable? So in def definition-wise, the inconceivable, we can kind of take that word apart, inconceivable in the in part means not so not conceivable conceivable meaning well not not conceivable meaning not being able to imagine it the mind not being able to grasp it with words um, <clears throat> mental concepts are only limit and confine meaning so that's why the mind, using the mind, it's unknowable by the mind. So the mind wants to cut things up and they don't really get the complete idea of what something is, which makes it almost everything inconceivable when you start to think about it. So what does the mind normally do when it is, when it is thinking and analyzing? It's perceiving through ego identification. And what that means is, the reference is ourselves, it's the ego identification. So um, the minute you look out through your eyes and look at the world beyond, there's a separation immediately. I and everything else, it's something else. And I, just by taking this as one thing and that is the rest, that's the first separation we have. It goes on and on from there. Does that make sense? Um, so there's that immediate separation, and then um, there are, it creates false boundaries. The mind is really great about many, making categories and putting things in boxes and analyzing things. It's, it's wonderful for that. It makes distinctions and makes a lot of judgments about things. And thank God we have a mind like that. Otherwise, we'd never be able to drive a car. <laughs> couldn't buy the groceries, couldn't figure out how to do that. You wouldn't see much difference between one thing and another. It's all good. You couldn't plan a journey or make a meal, but it's but it's good. To, so it's good for these things. However, the mind cannot know or comprehend the inconceivable. So if we're interested in doing that, we have to circumvent the mind. It requires making a shift into the non-conceptual, into a non-conceptual awareness. from which we can begin to glimpse perhaps our true nature and interconnectedness. From there, we can make distinctions, but without creating a subject-object separation. We can also cross into the world from duality, the world of duality to non-duality. And this, I would say, is the domain oftentimes of poets and artists musicians, mystics, among others. So that's what I have to say about the inconceivable. Now the embodied part, um, the parts of the, the, the definitions that pertain to this, is to put 
something in human shape or form or to manifest or realize. So in this retreat, what we're going to be doing is using direct experience of the body to know the inconceivable, at least get a glimpse at the inconceivable, as opposed to using analysis and grasping for the meaning from words. So it's a little bit different method than using the mind. So how do we do that? So we're going to be sitting in contemplation for certain periods during the day. And also, we'll be engaging in awareness <clears throat> exercises. <clears throat> and what is that that's going to what it's going to entail is placing our local awareness in our senses. The awareness normally is kind of glommed onto the brain, onto the mind, I should say. Because the mind, you know, it just sits there on the mind because we're constantly thinking mind stuff, we're analyzing things and having our ordinary mind stuff. So it's just kind of stuck on there. So we need to um, find a way to get it unstuck from the mind and bring it out. Um, we're going to use our senses. We're going to place our awareness in our senses and then it'll be have circumvented the mind and find out what we, what we know from there. That's where we're headed. So we're going to deal with um, sight, sound, smell, and touch. Um, we're not going to do taste because of the COVID restrictions. We have to take off our masks to eat, eat the chocolate. That was with Jessica. But we won't be able to do that. So, um, and um, we're going to be determining what our body has to say. Through, the, through a different kind of awareness and, and listening than we usually use. Now, each sense is a, is a doorway. It's a channel to this non-conceptual awareness. And to give an example of something we'll be doing later on in the week, um, we can shift our, our awareness, our normal awareness, ordinary mind awareness, to instead of thinking of I'm smelling orange, you know, I'm smelling the smell of orange, uh, we shift into just paying attention to the smell itself. We forget about the subject, I, and we forget about what's causing the smell, which is the orange itself, but just pay attention to the smell and how it moves through space. So we, our awareness is coming from a completely different place and we can know space and we can know awareness. We'll see how we do that. Okay, so by doing that, we can rest in an intelligence that is intuitively connected to all we know. So what do we gain from this kind of practice? Why would we even want to do this? Um, it's because the embodied knowing allows us to experience our life from a more open place, a place of no fear. Now, I'm not saying automatically right now for the rest of your life, you're never going to feel fear. I'm saying when you shift into that a greater awareness, it's not really greater, you just shift into awareness that's not associated with your mind. 
that's where you are. And so the more time that you spend doing that, and continued practice, the more you will be able to have that sort of sense, body sense and intuition and knowledge, different kind of knowledge. And so with continued practice, we can experience this openness more and more frequently in our lives. And we can learn to drop into the heart center and actually experience that formless field of benefaction that we hear about every morning when we, when we chant the uh, chant of the road. Vast is the road of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature. I see the one true nature through this formless field of benefaction. So, and then there's also, Clint talks a lot about uh, removing obstacles to love. And this is another way through that as well. And then ultimately ridding, ridding ourselves and others from suffering, liberating others from suffering, which is kind of the point of Zen practice. And it is the Bodhisattva vow, which many, many of us have taken. To relieve others and ourselves from suffering. <clears throat> so as you will see momentarily, by shifting our ground of being from everyday mind of ego identification to awake awareness, we can drop down into the heart, experience open-hearted awareness as a way of knowing and relating. And sometimes this, this can occur in one shift. Um, and many times it takes several smaller shifts and it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, everybody has different ways of, of doing it. And so this isn't a, a hurried sort of thing. You just, you just do it and see what happens. And, um, and some people uh, have facilities with certain senses. So some people may have um, the adeptness of sound. They have a certain proclivity for sound. And so that will be a good doorway for them. But taste, eh, it doesn't do much for them. Um, so I'm just saying that. So while we go through this, don't be surprised if there are certain ones that you know you can shift into and really get the sense of it, and other ones you go, know, no, you know, sense that. it's pretty typical that people have certain proclivities. So, um, so then uh, once we once one begins to shift, it's just a matter of becoming more comfortable with passing through this gap of not knowing. And then we can become familiar with feeling more spacious, fluid and open without referring to thought, to orient who we are. So in short, relief from suffering is directly related to where we are coming from. Are we an ordinary mind or a mind of open-hearted awareness? It makes a difference. When we have thoughts, Feelings, beliefs, judgments, worries, fear, when any of those arise, we can ask ourselves, who or what are these experiences arising to? Is it the small self or expanded awareness? We could say, where am I? Am I in that small self? Or am I um, in boundless ground, ground of being? So those are just pointers, pointer questions that one can do at any time. 
And when we're in boundless ground of being, that's when there's no hearer and the thoughts have moved to the background. You notice how it feels to have a spacious view. And maybe, or maybe all of you, I don't know, um, have experienced that in, in sitting, you know, especially during long intensives where the thoughts, you hear them, but they're, that's not what's in the forefront of your mind. Anyway. So when one begins to become aware of their thoughts instead of just located in them, we begin to feel some relief from this, from stress. So you might ask also, where do these teachings come from? <laughs> anyway, um, so there are several sources and, and um, my introduction to this, this originally was, um, I think it was Peg's, uh, I had a class um, where she taught, but we read together, Shift into Freedom. I don't know if anyone remember, it was several years ago. And it's by Locke Kelly. And he's rewriting that book. And I, I, this one, it was, I found it kind of, I think a lot of people found it hard to deal with because he gave exercises and it's like he had to read them and then do them at the same time. And I don't know, it just didn't work. It's better if you have like a guided meditation or something. So he's going to rewrite it and I guess reword some stuff that might be, should be coming out sometime soon. So I recommend that if you're interested in it. But anyway, those are the two. Oh, and then the other sources, there's somebody that I, I've been working with for about seven years. Um, it's Paige Bread out in Georgetown. She does, um, she's this expert in this shifting business. Knows a lot about it. So <clears throat> anyway, so it's not just made up by me. <laughs> Okay, so, um, and I wanted to give one, uh, talk about one word that Locke uses that I might use also while we're talking about some of this stuff. And it's the word glimpse. So he talks about when he's doing a shift, you may get a glimpse. And so he says about that, that a glimpse is not, it's not as a spiritual experience happening to our current identity and conceptual mind. It's not that. It begins as if we were knowing awake awareness as an object, but we realize awake awareness knows itself, and then we shift into knowing from awake awareness. Now a glimpse is a shift into seeing and being from a new level of mind and identity, where the underlying ground of being is now the location of seeing. So that's, that's kind of what this is all about. All right, so, um, so now I'd like to do an actual shift. I thought we'd practice one tonight, just a real simple thing. And um, uh, I've been doing this with, I did this the other day in, on inquiry, and then I did it with some people, I think, in practice discussion. So um, what I would recommend to start is people be in a comfortable seated position with your eyes opened or closed. It doesn't really matter. I usually do it with my eyes open. <clears throat> and so we'll just start in ordinary mind. And the way I like to start it is, um, just so you get kind of a contrast, is if you put your hands up around your face like this, and we'll say characterize ordinary mind as being like this. And so I, I, 
I'll start with the people in the room. So what does that feel like when you put your hands up like that? What does that feel like? Kind of claustrophobic. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody else? Close, closed system. Closed system, right. Anything else? Any from anybody on online? Oh, you're all muted. Well, maybe we can unmute the, them. Um, whoever was doing that. I find it comforting. Comforting. That's interesting. Yes. yes. I guess so. Holding your friends. All right. Anybody else? Tight. I find it, I find it comforting and safe. Comforting and safe. Interesting. Yeah. What else? Tight. Tight. Yeah. T tunnel vision. Tunnel vision. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Yeah, uh, two things. One is that if I were just doing this by myself, it, it's a little disconcerting not being able to see in my peripheral vision. Yeah. But since I'm looking at you here and I can see, like, a lot of wow, I see it. So there's not a, but, but it's kind of a, anyway, it's kind of a conflicting feeling there. Yeah. And that's the problem with the, the you're being on where you are. But Anyway, if you look at it in terms of your whole space instead of just your little box in the, in the, the monitor. So you might want to look away from the monitor for a minute. But um, anyway, so we'll start here. And then if your hands get tired, you can lower. But anyway, let's go out a little bit, just really slowly. And I'm going to describe what goes on with me. And you guys just notice what's going on with you. The way we're going to do this whole retreat is I want a lot of interactive stuff. But what's going on with you guys and, and so forth, okay? All right, so, so we start here and then we just go out a little bit and now we're gonna take another reading. What are you noticing here? Expansion. Expansion, great. Anybody else? Curiosity about like what's, what's next. Ah, great. Anybody else? Openness. Openness, okay, yeah. Even more claustrophobic. Even like, more claustrophobic. It's not touching me, but it should be touching. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? A little bit of fear at seeing more, but um, excitement too. What cool. am I going to see now? Okay. One thing while we're doing this is to remember not to rush anything. So you feel really uncomfortable, you know, take your time with it. Um, if you've got both curiosity and excitement, you know, you might want to go with the excitement, but go where you feel. Okay. Because I don't want to rush anybody. So we're going to go out some more. Next reading. What do you think? Cool breeze. Ah. I got that too. It might be because we're sitting next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the AC. Anybody else? For me, it feels more liberating. It feels more, more open than before. Airy, airy. Airy. Great. It feels like I could like take a, or it feels like I took like a deep breath, like a oh, nice. expansive deep breath. Yeah. Anybody else? Okay. Now, uh, Nelda, are you talking? You're muted. 
Oh, because yeah. this this position now allowed me to see the sky. This position feels infinite. Cool. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Okay. All right. So now we're going to do one more bump and just see what that's like. Now, one thing, just just check it out. Again, if you feel uncomfortable, bring it in. But if you're okay with it, just sit with it and just just notice. Notice what you feel. Feels like a hug. Uh, anybody else? Expansive. Yeah. Yeah. More Expansive. Sorry. Expansive because I can see more, especially my neighbor's kid playing out the window, but also a, a little jangled because there's so much in my field of view on my desk. <laughs> yeah. Great. My chest muscles are more open, which makes me have like an open corded miss. Oh, nice. I'm feeling happy to recognize that my hands that I don't normally be looking at are part of me and part of this room. Uh, yeah. It gives me a happy feeling. Okay. We're just going to do one more jump and then we'll... Okay. All right. How's that? Your arm's getting tired? <laughs> just So the idea is this isn't a peripheral look. What we're doing is basically putting our fingers together, dropping them and saying, this is our awareness, this whole space in front of us, okay? So we're not doing peripheral stuff, not just doing peripheral vision. We're making this whole space, that's our awareness. Then so we're not going up to the mind, hopefully, not going, we drop the, drop the mind, the lower neck, we have all this awareness and we're aware of it all, all at once and it's all equal. It's not like one thing is, you're more aware of one than another. It's just like all of that is our awareness. So we can just sit with that for just a moment and take that in. Okay, any, any other thoughts or feelings that came up? I love having that wide, that wide field of view and awareness, but again, there is so much in my field of vision. I, 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 ha I have the feeling that I'm supposed to notice all of it, but how do I when there's so much? You're supposed to, I'm, I missed the last part. What did you say? I'm supposed to be aware of all of it, hold all of it in my awareness, but there's so much, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta find the space. And that's a familiar experience when I, 
have gotten to a place of good presence that I'm aware of all this and yet feel kind of rattled because I can't possibly pay attention to everything. Yeah. Yeah. There's another little exercise that we could do just quickly. Kind of, I don't know, it may relate to that a little bit as far as it's really great if you can notice the space, which we're going to do that tomorrow. But if you just put your hand out in front of you, like so far, again, we're using our hands again. But anyway, um, like it's somebody's face. And so just look at your hand. Look at, just look at your hand. Make note of it for a minute. And then look at the space around the hand. And then drop the hand and look at the space. So what do you see? How does that, what's that like for anybody? Well, I don't actually see my hand, but I, I kind of experience my hand still being there. Interesting. Huh. A word that came up was context, that there's a richer awareness mm. context. Instead of just observer and observe, it's more uh, the field that connects the two. Uh, uh, that's important. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I'm sorry, somebody said something? I was going to say, so a um, common practice of mine, like when I'm looking at a tree, for example, is to look more at the space between the leaves than to look at the tree. And um, when we were doing the previous exercise where I got to see the sky and uh, just had this sense of infinity, that's the same sensation I had in my body. I, I don't know what to call it, but awe. I mean, it was awe about how much space there is that we don't even perceive. And I think it's only because I, I look at things not all the time, but quite often in terms of not the solidity, the seeming solidity of objects, but the space around them. Um, and that's, that. I guess awe is what I felt. Cool, yeah, that's cool. I do that too with trees. I spend a lot of time looking at trees and looking at the, it's the negative space, right? I mean, even in the arrangements, it's the negative space that actually creates the form. Anyway, that's a whole different thing. Okay, sorry, I'm going off. Monica. Um, I was gonna say, the taking the hand away, then the hand and the space all melded into one. And, when, and it felt more full. Yeah. 
Great. I found it startling because there was this area where I could place my attention, the area where my hand was and then wasn't, that little bit of air that is just as worthy of attention as all the things that I do kind of subject object with. And I don't know if it's because like, I have a very, like, you know, the, like I'm relating to things in the way that they're relevant to me. Like I find this thing beautiful and therefore I will pay attention to it or this thing may provide use to me or may stub my toe on this. So I'll pay my attention to it. Um, but it's all, I don't, there's no, I mean, there might be an insight there. I don't have it now, but I, I do, I do realize that it's a very different way of uh, interacting with space than whatever was left there when my hand was gone. That there was this bit of air that I could totally pay attention to. Maybe there's dust in it, maybe there's not. But I don't ever pay attention to that. And I, there is that self-centered quality to the way I normally pay attention to things. And it highlighted that absence of self-centeredness. Cool. Yeah. Great. Anybody else? Yeah. Okay. So kind of my question for the week is whether the <laughs> It's only Monday. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Whether well it seems like what we're working with is that the inconceivable is inconceivable by our mind, but not by our body. So we're able to to know something intimately. Uh-huh. Yeah. Through our body. Through our body. So it, it is in a sense conceivable by our body, but not by our mind. That's right. Yeah. 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 So, Absolutely. So I'm curious, you know, how we work into that. How we move into that. Okay, well, um, we'll see throughout the week. Okay. We're gonna go through four. And we get a refund if we don't. <laughs> <laughs> There's no guarantees, Kim, this life. No guarantee. Well, thank you so much for your participation. I think we need to. Um, um, I think we're sitting next, right? I think. Oh, we we, need does Chris have Chris have uh, something he wanted to add, Chris? Well, uh, if this was off topic, uh, say so. But I have a question specifically about hearing, listening. Uh -huh. um, when I. I've noticed that when I'm listening to music, if I try to keep my awareness right strictly in the moment, not pay attention to what I've heard, not think about what I expect to hear next, then the music falls apart. It's no longer music, it's just a succession of sounds, but the continuity falls apart. I've tried to do the same thing with speech, but I guess the level of attention to that is so strong that it, that same thing doesn't happen. Mm. But I've always noticed that Peg's instructions for intensives say no music, don't play musical instruments, don't listen to music, and wondered what that's about and if it's connected to what I've observed. Yeah, I. I... I don't know. I've never heard her say that. Um, it's in I mean, the not, written. Not that she hasn't said it. Maybe I said it, but I, I don't. Uh, 
It's in the written instructions. Okay, it's not in this one. But at, at any rate, um, I can't. I don't know why she says that. I think that she doesn't want any distraction. She doesn't want any distraction of any kind because music can just take you right to another. Yes. And so the idea is to be with normally in an intensive is to be with whatever is arising and paying attention to that as opposed to music or reading something or you know other kinds of their distractions. From the standpoint of a, of a Zen intensive, that's the way I would interpret it. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Nice to see you back. Um, <clears throat> so I just wanted to check in with everybody this morning to see how folks were, um, if they have any questions about what we were doing last night or anything that might have come up, just an opportunity to check in generally with everyone. Any questions or anything? Yeah, Rosemary. Oh, hi. Um, yeah. Well, when we were doing the exercise with opening wider and wider, um, well, what I realized for me, you were talking about what is the sense that's most, um, uh, the strongest one for us, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, it's visual. So, I found myself closing my eyes so that I could um, be aware of the other sense um, stimuli. Uh, um, you know, so I I wasn't. <laughs> then I realized that you know it kind of wasn't the exercise. So anyway, <laughs> um, I thought it was it was really important what you said about the one that we find is most um, is the strongest for us and mm -hmm. might for me anyway is kind of. A lot of times, I think, in the way of um, perceiving more, um, because the visual distracts me a lot. Yeah, yeah, and and when we're doing that, the idea is is more of a soft gaze rather than really looking for anything. You're just opening to awareness, so you're just it's more of a sense thing than it is a visual thing. Okay. That's Does that make sense? Yes, that's very helpful. So you're just opening. Um, you're just opening to to the space as opposed to looking everywhere. Yeah, that's I a totally see. different thing. Yes. Looking everywhere is back in the mind, basically. Yeah. Very helpful. Thank you. Thank you for the question. Anyone else? Alrighty. So, um, so what I wanted to do this morning is just I uh, wanted to check in with you guys, but I also wanted to, to kind of repeat what we did last night, because what we're doing, we're going to be doing basically the same thing every day, but doing it accessing different senses, you know, becoming aware of a sense and then through the sense we, we increase the field of awareness. That's what we're doing. 
So, um, so I just want to kind of, the, the more we play with it, the more comfortable we'll feel doing it and the more um, access I think we'll have. <clears throat> Another thing that I wanted to say was that um, as we do this, um, if one person, even one person is shifted into this, this um, into awareness, we'll just say that. It's not really a greater awareness, it's just into awareness itself, awake awareness. If one person is shifted, it has an impact on everyone else. And so as we do it, as more people become shifted at the same time, we're increasing the, the strength, I guess you'd say, of the field. It's, this is the field of awareness. And so as we, we all move into that space, then this space becomes, um, but we're just all connected in it. Yeah, so we're all connected in it. So it, it, that's just how it works. And even if one is not shifted to begin with, if there are other people around, then you, they, they come in naturally. They're kind of pulled into the field as well. So um, that's how that works. I don't know if that makes any sense, but um, that's kind of how it, how it works. And again, the, 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 the benefit is, it, is if, if we spend time in this, this space, well, let's just do it. Instead of my talking about it. Um, it's just a, a nice place to be. <laughs> okay, so um, so let's just start. Uh, so again, we're comfortable sitting. <clears throat> and I tend to look just, we just look, I'm not really looking as we just went through with Rosemary, we're not really looking, but we're soft gaze straight ahead. In, in Zen, we tend to look down. In this, it's looking up. I've heard that there's an impact on your brain when you're looking kind of upward. So I think it's kind of important for the shifting that you're looking either straight ahead or, or your eyes are towards straight ahead or slightly up. Um, and south gaze, you're not really looking at anything. And then you're just gonna, um, so I like to do the, the, the explanation of the expansion just because I uh, it can kind of feel the, the, it, as it opens, as you open to the space. So I'm gonna kind of do it slow and just kind of tell you what's going on with me and maybe you can identify. And you can tell me what's really like your feedback um, too. So this is a real interactive process. So feel free to, to join in. Oh, this is what I feel, I'll ask you. Okay, so we're sitting comfortably, we're looking, not really looking, but just a soft gaze. And then we, we're gonna be dropping the mind down below the neck because we're not gonna be consulting it at the moment. It's gonna take a rest. And then we're gonna just open our awareness out. We're not changing, we're not looking at anything in particular. Everything's of equal value. 
And as we do that, we just kind of, it's a sense of maybe stretching our awareness out. And then you kind of happen into the field. You start to feel a little bit, I tend to feel, I feel a different sense. It's like I'm, I'm not really looking at anything. I'm just being. It's a sense of being that uh, includes this space and everything in it people that are in it. And we can go and continue that sense of expansion and awareness. And we can extend it as far as we want to. And by connecting into this, we're connecting into each other, we're connecting into everything and actuality. So now I'd like to know um, how this feels for anyone or what's happening or what's not happening. With each move toward expansion, I felt I was admitting, I felt an entry into me of my neighbors, and then later just an admitting of <laughs> uh, everything. Anyone else? Yeah. Kim? It, it seems the alternative to this is going to judgment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was just feeling that, that, that holding off that, that process because mm -hmm. we're not seeing anymore, or we're not tasting, or we're not. Uh huh. Yeah. But just sticking there with yeah. the sense. Yeah. A, bit long, a little bit longer. Uh huh. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, Monica. Um, as you were describing it, I uh, I just feel there's further relaxation and there's almost, it's not a buzz, but there's a different, just some kind of vibrational, just feeling to the, the whole sense of it. Yeah, I can feel that, yeah. Yeah, there is a vibration. Anyone else? <coughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny how the physical sensation translated into a visual sort of image in my mind. What it felt like this uh, was this energetic flow out from out from my body almost like an aura that's the closest my I think my mind created a picture of oh there's this aura 
around you that's emanating out and out and out and out. And then as we say in the law that it, it eventually got to a point where it wasn't out to infinity, there was just, it got out to its penumbra and that's about as far as it, as it got, it's shadow, shadow, but it was very, and there was a tingling. That was the physical sensation that surprised me. There was a tingling. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Anyone else? All right. All right. I don't have my Apple Watch. Um, so, so, um, yeah. So this is this is the whole the whole thing that we're going to be working on, and um, and then tonight we're going to be focusing on on sight. And so what we'll, we'll be working in pairs, I'll just tell you this in advance. Um, and it's going to be kind of tricky. Um, uh, for people online, um, because going into breakout rooms would be a real disruption. So anyway, we can talk about it later, but we'll be pinning people, you'll just choose somebody on the screen you want to look at for a while. And uh, um, anyway, we'll work with that later on. So I really don't have anything much to say more unless you guys have any questions. And we can go back into sitting for a little while. I just wanted to check in and make sure that we, you know, the more we do this, the, the easier it becomes. And so I uh, encourage you that during the day, um, just stop during the day and, and think about this and, and just wherever you are, try to, try to do that. Just try to, try to expand your awareness or move into a larger space. So we'll just keep trying to, trying to do that just so we get more of a facility for it and, um, see where that takes us. Okay. Just do it a couple of times. Maybe drinking coffee stop. Or, you know, you're sitting in an office or wherever you are, sitting at home, playing with the dog or whatever stuff. And another a really good thing I think that helps, trees have a tremendous amount of energy. And so what you were saying last night, Nelda, was like right spot on um, about the trees and if you spend time looking at them, they they have a certain energy that kind of facilitates shifting. So if you spend a, a little time just looking at a tree and you can look at the look at the leaves or look at the space between the leaves, look at what's beyond. Um, look through the trees into a tree into space beyond just kind of play with that and it's. So this is kind of like that exercise that um, you guys may have done where you, there's an image that had them in like magazines and stuff, an image where it's a double image. One way your brain sees it as a, as a woman. And then if you switch it, you see the outline of it. It's a lot like the hand exercise that we did, seeing the hand and then seeing the space around it. So it's kind of bringing what, bringing things into focus 
that are, you normally see and then bringing, letting that drop off and then seeing the reverse come forward or seeing the space come forward, if that makes sense. That's kind of what we're doing. We're shifting, shifting that. So, um, so you can play with that, with, with trees in particular, because they're, they're really amenable to that. <laughs> Crazy as that sounds. So, okay. Well, I'm done saying all I need to say today, for right now, for tonight. So we'll, we'll go back into Zazen for the next eight minutes and then um, do our chants and, and then be off into our day. Thank you. So our chants are gonna be a little bit different this morning. We're going to start with the Shin Shin Ming. Um, if you have the um, chant books online, that's the page it's on. And if not, Maria, there we go. Maria has been taking care of you guys. Um, you can read it online. Page 23. Yeah, page 23. Shin Shin Ming. The great way is a difficult for those who are unattached to their preferences. Let go of longing and aversion, and everything will be perfectly clear. When you cling to a hair-struggling distinction, heaven and earth are set apart. If you want to realize the truth, don't be for or against. The struggle between good and evil is the primal disease of the mind. Not grasping the deeper meaning, you just trouble your mind's serenity. As vast as infinite space, it is perfect and likes nothing. But because you select and reject, you can't perceive its true nature. Don't get tangled in the world. Don't lose yourself in emptiness. Be at peace in the oneness of things, and all errors will disappear by themselves. If you don't live the Tao, you fall into assertion or denial. Asserting that the world is real, you are blind to its deeper reality. Denying that the world is real, you are blind to the selflessness of all things. The more you think about these matters, the farther you are from the truth. Step aside from all thinking, and there is nowhere you can't go. Returning to the root, you find the meaning. Chasing appearances, you lose their source. At the moment of profound insight, you transcend both appearance and emptiness. Don't keep searching for the truth. Just let go of your opinions. For the mind in harmony with the Tao, all selfishness disappears, with not even a trace of self-doubt. You can trust the universe completely. All at once you are free with nothing left to hold on to. All is empty, brilliant, perfect in its own being. In all the world of things as they are, there is no self, no non-self. If you want to describe its essence, the best you can say is not to. 
in this not to nothing is separate, and nothing in the world is excluded. The enlightened of all times and places have entered into this truth. In it there is no gain or loss. One instant is ten thousand years. There is no here, no there. Infinity is right before your eyes. The tiny is as large as the vast, when objective boundaries have vanished. The vast is as small as the tiny, when you don't have external limits. Being is an aspect of non-being. Non-being is no different from being. Until you understand this truth, you won't see clearly. One is all, all are one. When you realize this, what reasons for holiness or wisdom? The mind of absolute trust is beyond all thought, all striving, is perfectly at peace. For in it there is no yesterday, no today, no tomorrow. Um, the next one is 62. Page, thank you, 62. And it's called Inside a Moment. And I just want to say this was written by Peg in the uh, 5th of February 2009. And I thought it kind of was talking about what we're, what we're looking at this week. Inside a moment. Wouldn't it be nice, Joseph said, to step inside a moment? I'm considering that now. How would it be like stepping inside a cathedral, a great space soaring above and around you, filled with light from windows of many colors? And the sounds inside a moment would be rich as a symphony, a heartbeat, traffic, a sigh, a melting sound, the odor of something sacred, human and warm, a lingering aroma of a meal just cooked, then to the sensations of the skin against the skin, against these clothes, a casual itch and a bit of tightness in one shoulder. How full body and how hearted would we be? And how might we fall down in profound gratitude for the splendor we are witness to? Are you learning the grain of wood in the floor, the mysterious light of the street lamp, the moon, the passing car's headlights, the God's envious moment of a human life, torn as it is by suffering, anxiety, and firmness, and yet, inside this moment is timeless and complete. No worry left in it, no other place to be, nothing to do but look and feel and listen as long as we like. Could you ever grow tired of it? Did you forget to notice the dead ant in the corner, the subtle shading of the rice paper in the wooden frames, or the silent figures on the altar? the incarnations of great activity, great wisdom, great compassion, right here in this moment. Did you hear that? The refrigerator turned itself off. 
once, once it was cold enough. And a piece of paper rustled as someone turned the page. If you are longing for life eternal, please simply step inside the moment. 